The message today is continuing in our series called People of Faith Change Their World. And today we are going to be looking at David, the young person. So David's life is pretty long and it's a pretty big story and I don't want to tackle it all at once, but I really felt that we could focus today on David, the young person. So this message is not only for young people, but it's definitely going to have an emphasis for the young people here today. And if you're young at heart, great. Don't worry, nobody's going to be left out. People of faith change their world. The definition of faith is believing God and taking action on what he has said, no matter the cost. You see, David, the young person, stepped out in faith by boldly defeating the enemy, and he changed his world. Each person that we're looking at in Scripture, they took action on what God put in their spirit, what God spoke to them, and they changed the world around them. And for us, as we read their stories, they're still changing the world. You see, what you do in your life, what you do now, even as a young person, has the potential to change lives ongoing. I just wonder, are, is somebody going to write your story? Are you willing to do what God's asked you in such a way that somebody will want to write that down? Will it endure? When you change your world and it changes lives, those lives change families and families change generations. So I want to say it one more time. People of faith change their world. The story of David as a young person can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Throughout the message, we're going to look at a couple verses, but let me just give you the summary again. And if you ever went to kids' church, you've heard of David's story probably. But you see, David was the youngest son in a large family. And in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, the prophet comes and tells David's father that he's there to pray for the boys. And he is there to anoint a new king, but he's doing it secretly because the then king would probably kill him if he found out. But he's trying to do what God said, and he goes to his family. That's where God led him. And the sons come in line. The father gets all the sons there. They come in line, and the prophet looks at the first young man. He's the oldest. He's tall. He's built. And he's pretty handsome even. And, and the natural, the prophet's like, well, this must be the guy. And the Lord says, no, don't look at the outward. I'm looking at the heart. Young people, God is looking at your heart. He is looking at what's in here. If you looked in the mirror and thought, oh, I don't like how I look. Hey, he made you and he's looking at your heart. You see, you don't change your world just because you look good. Nothing wrong with looking good, but you don't change your world just by looking good. He doesn't just look at your muscles and how strong you are. Now, muscles are good. No, I won't flex because it would be embarrassing. But anyway, muscles are good. But that's not what's going to change your world. Scripture says exercise profits a little. It's good to be healthy because if you don't have your health, you can't do anything. But that won't change your world. What will change your world is your faith 
in the Lord to do what he's asked you to do. So I have a big question before we even get going. Do you know what he's asking you to do? Young or old here tonight, do you know? David knew. But the prophet went down through the sons. He gets to the end of the sons that were there and he looks at David's father and he says, um, is this all of them? Well, no, there is one more, but I didn't even bring him because he's, you know, he's young and I'm pretty sure he's not the one. I left him out with the sheep. David's father didn't seem to have much faith in David's call. And the prophet says, well, you better bring him because I ain't leaving till he's here because we got a job to do. They bring David. God says, this is the one. He anoints him. And then they go back about their business. They send him back out to look after sheep. They do all the things that they do. But as time continues on, there's war in Israel and the Philistines are trying to fight against them and David's three older brothers head off to war. In other words, they were old enough to go. But David, of course, wasn't. In verse 13 of chapter 17, we read this. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shimea, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three older brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. You see, David was most likely too young to be part of the army. We know from Scripture he had to be about 20 to be a part of the army. And we know that David was nowhere near 20 at that point in his life. But he was responsible, he was anointed, and he knew his God. You see, he didn't just look after sheep, he protected the sheep. And while the sheep were happy and not needing protection, he was a musician. And he played to the Lord and he wrote songs. Maybe that's why his dad didn't think he'd be a good soldier, I don't know. <laughs> hey, writing songs is good. David worshipped and the point is, he got to know his God. You see, you can't change the world by faith if you don't know or hear the God that you're trying to have faith in. If you don't trust him, if you're not even sure about him. You can't have faith. You can't believe. You won't take extreme steps and measures in somebody you don't even know. He got to know his God while he looked after sheep. Young people, you need to get to know your God now. Do not say in your heart, well, one day I will. No, 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 no. One day never comes. What comes is more work, a couple jobs, a girlfriend, a wife, kids, bills. Oh, I need a new truck. I need fancier stuff. And before you know it, you're no longer young and you still aren't close to God. You get close to God first. Scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God, and he will add these things to you. He knows your heart's desire. He knows if you need a family and you need work, but you seek him first. Because if you put him last, it ends up he doesn't, you don't have time for him. Just like if you put your tithe last, it ends up there's never anything left to give to God. Young people, God wants your heart now. And if you're here and you're older, this applies to you as well. 
Our very first message in the series was Abraham, and he was really old, and God had work for him. So if you're feeling a little left out, go back on the podcast and listen to the first one again. David, a musician. As a matter of fact, before this battle ever happened, probably two years earlier, King Saul ends up having a time where he's troubled by an evil spirit. And they say, you know, he tells them, I need a musician, somebody who can play well and bring peace to me. You see, music will cause evil spirits to flee. Music that's anointed by God will bring peace of mind. Music that's anointed by God will chase fear out the door. And David was already anointed, and he was a musician. He was probably only 13 years old at that time, and somebody had heard him play, seen him play, saw his character, and they told King Saul, I have seen somebody. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 18, I'm reading out of the message, it says this, one of the young men spoke up, I know someone, I've seen him myself the son of Jesse of Bethlehem, an excellent musician. He's also courageous, of age, well-spoken, and good-looking, and God is with him. I told you good-looking won't answer the call, but David apparently was good-looking. It won't stop the call either, unless you get proud about it. I just had to throw that in. You know, some people feel so concerned about their looks and some people feel so terrible about themselves that they will allow that to stop everything in their lives. Did you know that? You can come be consumed with I'm so wonderful and great looking and pride can take over, but you can also go the other way where you feel like, oh, I'm so terrible, I can't do anything. Stop it. God made everybody and he made things well, so you're all good looking. He says so, all right? So just let that be settled and then move on with what he's got. 13 years old, I just wonder, with us as young people, I'm trying to remember back when I was 13, with somebody who has seen me say, there's a young man who's courageous, a good musician, well-spoken, good-looking. I almost fit right in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think I was a musician yet. I was a musician at 15. My point is, right now, whatever age you're at, is there somebody looking who would say, there's a young man you can trust. There's a young man who's courageous. There's a young man who has something on his life from God. You need to get him involved. That's basically what they told Saul. You see, your actions now can be actions of faith that set you up to change your world. Or you can decide you don't really care and suddenly a young man turns into a little bit older young man. It, I just need to say something if I can say it again. Every one of you, wherever you are at, now is the time to serve God with everything you've got. Too many people say, I'll do it later. I'll do it after I pay the mortgage, or I'll do it after this, or after that. Stop it! Do it now! So David was actually called to go and play for King Saul 
King Saul had no idea that this young man had already been anointed. But he played and the spirit would leave and then apparently he returned back to look after the sheep. But now, here they are. A battle is going on. David's brothers are in the battle and his father tells him, I need you to go take some bread and cheese to the boys at the army. And so David heads out to do it. You see, David stepped out in faith as a young man. His faith said, even though I'm young, I will step up. Young people, don't sit and do nothing for God. Don't think to yourself, well, the old people can do it. If God has anointed you to do something, there's nobody else anointed for what he's anointed you to do. Do you understand? So no, somebody can't do it for you. If you're anointed and called to teach in kids' ministry, I can't do it for you. It would be horrible. The kids wouldn't come back. I'm just saying. What has he called you to do? Do it when you're young. David chose to believe that God would use him to defeat the enemy, even though he was the youngest in his family and not even old enough to join the army. His faith as a young person would change his world. David showed up at that army, at that battle. There was no fighting going on. All of Israel was hanging back on this side of the valley and the Philistines on this side of the valley. And the giant Goliath was coming out and saying, send someone to fight me. And if he wins, we'll be your servants. But if I win, you'll be our servants. And in a sense, he mocked their God. And David, a young man of about 15 years old, he hears this. And he looks around at the seasoned soldiers in Israel's army and he said, uh, okay, well, what did Saul say he was going to do for the person who beats this guy? In other words, he's saying, why isn't somebody going? And they told him, well, Saul's going to give wealth and you'll even get to be the king's son-in-law, like all these great things he's going to do if someone goes and fights. And David's going, well, then why is nobody going? So he goes somewhere else and he asks again. Now, they don't tell us, but I'm pretty sure he was walking around finding the big tough guys when he asked the question. I'm pretty sure he was looking around. This guy's been in the army for a long time. Look at his muscles. So what did he say would happen if, if somebody went? Guaranteed, that's what he was initially asking. What's going on? And everybody's like, well, this is what he said. Finally, he's asking in the hearing of his oldest brother. Remember, his oldest brother was tall and built, and his oldest brother gets upset at David. He says, what are you doing? You just came down here to see a battle. You're just being nosy. You're just a, a bratty little kid trying to cause trouble. Well, what was the real problem? His older brother was scared, and he didn't like what David was doing. And David finally says, is there not a cause? He's being stirred by the Spirit of God, wondering why nobody is taking on the enemy. Why is everybody just sitting? Nobody is taking on the enemy. I am praying today that the Lord is raising up young people who are willing to take on the enemies that are going on in our world right now. An enemy that 
says there's no such thing as absolute truth. An enemy that's confusing basic things that God says are so. And it seems like many are just sitting back unsure what to do or maybe a little scared. But I know that God is raising up some young people in this season who are not afraid. Now, I don't want anybody older to feel bad about this. If someone else is anointed to do it, you can't do it in your own strength. And finally, somebody takes David to the king's stall and David says, I will fight him. He's asked the question enough times to enough big, tough guys and they've all turned the other way. Finally says, good, I'll do it then. Nobody else, this is what he's saying with his attitude. Nobody else in this entire army wants to fight the guy? Then at 15, I'll go fight him. But he wasn't going because he thought he was somebody great. He knew his God. And he'd seen his God move before. King Saul says, what are you doing? You can't go out there. You're just a a boy. You're only 15. This is a seasoned warrior and he's a giant. And David says, well, I know who my God is. You see, when I watched those sheep, a bear tried to come get them. I killed that bear. Another time a lion tried to get those sheep, I killed that lion. You see, he knew his God. He'd trusted in his God before. Young people, you start trusting in your God now. Start trusting in him now. Take steps now. Because the Goliath situation would have never come if you hadn't stepped out in faith in the smaller situations first. If you're waiting around for some big thing to happen, it won't if you don't start now. You will not be ready for it. It doesn't work that way. You can't sit there and think, oh, one day I'd love to play on the worship team and then do nothing. If you want to play on the worship team, the first thing you got to do is talk to Pastor Marissa. There you go, first step, easy. David said, I can do it, and Saul said, okay, perfect. You want to do it? Then you're going to do it the way that we always have done it. And he said, here's what we do. When you're going to go one-on-one with a big guy like that, you put on the breastplate, you put on the shins, you put on the helmet, and you take a sword. Okay, David, here's all my stuff. By the way, King Saul was also a head taller than everybody in Israel when he was brought to be king. He was the biggest guy in Israel, but he no longer had his anointing. He no longer did what God wanted. So he's handing his armor to this little guy. David moves around in it and says, I can't. I don't, I don't know how to use this stuff. I've trusted my God, and I know who my God is, and I used a slingshot and a staff. I don't know about this stuff. And I want you to understand something. David was not a wimp. We can tell from Scripture that already he'd, he was in good shape, he was strong, and he was ready. Saul finally says, okay, go. They're sending a 15-year-old boy Remember what the challenge was? If he loses, they're all servants. Nobody else had the courage to go. Nobody else trusted that God would give them the victory. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. An entire army of God's people, and not one of them, only a 15-year-old, believed God would give him the victory. Church, I pray that we never get there. I pray that we never get to a spot where we become so comfortable, so lukewarm that we don't even trust God for big things anymore. Don't go there. 
But I got some good news for you. We're not there, and we're not going there. And God has brought young people as well who can help bring that fire to some of us older ones if we need it. I'm not older, I'm just saying other older people. You know what I mean? I still feel young. I went and played soccer the other night. Uh, Our daughter was in soccer, and their final one, the kids had to play against the adults. I'm like, I haven't run across the field in probably 10 years, but I know how. And so we went and played soccer with them. It was great fun. Over the next couple days, I hurt from about here down. But anyways, yeah, yeah, you got to be in shape. But God wanted us to step out, and David was in shape. He was ready. He was prepared. So for you that are older, don't get old in your mind. Don't get old in your spirit. Okay? Your body might slow down, but you can still be a person of courage, and you can still defeat the enemy. Because you see, today... Yeah, go ahead. You can clap. Today, we don't defeat enemies with swords and slingshots. We live in a political world. We live in a world where it's uh, media that's going out that changes, where it's laws being passed, what gets taught in schools. It's a completely different kind of fight, a different kind of battle, but we will lose if we sit and do nothing. David went out. It says he picked up five smooth stones, and he headed off toward the giant. David, 15 years old, said, God, I will step out in faith even though I'm young. If God is asking you to do something, young people, never say I'm too young. We read about Jeremiah last week when God called him in Jeremiah chapter 1, 6 to 7. Jeremiah says, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And what did the Lord say? Oh, yeah, I never thought of that. You are too young. No, he didn't say that. This is what he said. Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Never say I'm too young. And on the other side, don't ever say I'm too old either. Okay, if you're here and you're still breathing, then God has something for you to do. And he will ask you to do the things he knows you can do with him. Another person who was very young when they were called is Samuel, the very prophet who anointed David. In 1 Samuel 3, verse 10, Samuel had been given to the Lord at a five years old. He went to the temple under Eli the prophet and he worked in the Lord's house at five years old. And then when he was probably around 12 years old, God calls him. 1 Samuel 3, verse 10, the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Twelve years old. He'd already been doing work in God's house as a young boy. Been raised up, and here's the thing. He'd been doing work and been raised up, and Eli had older boys who were doing their own thing, and were basically stealing the offering to make themselves fat. And yet he chose to be close to God. And now God calls him. And you know the first thing that God tells him? The first word that God gives Samuel. I'm going to judge Eli's house. And everything that was spoken to him from a prophet previously, everything's going to happen. God gives him a clear word of judgment on Eli's house. The guy who's looking after him. 
And it says he didn't really want to talk about it, but the next morning Eli asked him, so he gave the word. Young people, never be afraid to speak what God's putting on your heart. Never. Never be afraid to do it differently. Never. Never say you're too young. At 12 years old, Samuel began his prophetic ministry as a prophet. You see, David changed his world by stepping out of faith when he was young. He also changed his world by stepping out in faith and doing it differently. I already began to speak on this, and I want to continue it for just a minute about the difference. You see, Saul had given him the armor. He said, no, I'm going to use the slinging stone. Everybody knew you don't have close combat with a slingshot. It doesn't work. Everybody knew that except David. Church, sometimes we get stuck in a way it should be because that's how we've always done it. And along comes a younger person that says, I want to try this. I just wonder, are we going to let them step up and try it or are we going to be the ones that try to shut them down? No, that's not how we do it. Well, he went and picked up those stones with a slingshot, and there's the giant Goliath. He's got all his armor on, and he's got a shield bearer in front of him as well. So to get to him, you'd first have to get through the shield bearer. I don't know how big the shield was, but it was big enough. And he takes the sling, and he puts it in. Apparently, he was really good with a slingshot. Apparently, he practiced on a bear or a lion there too. Probably on a squirrel, probably on, you know, pretty much everything when he's out there watching sheep. Has anybody here ever watched sheep? Has anybody ever watched TV where they watched? No, I was I had an opportunity to watch sheep when we were younger. As long as nothing's going on, you know, the coyote's not coming or they're not being spooked by lightning or something, they just go like this and eat grass like nothing happens. They just walk around and eat grass. So he had plenty of time to practice. I read or found something online about slingshots. You see, the slingshot was actually a powerful military weapon, and David didn't invent it. It was used already before his time, but it just wasn't used in close combat. But in Old Testament times, the writer says, slingers were regular components of an army and were often used together with arches. Archers. During siege warfare, their role was to pick off the enemy from the besieged city's ramparts. Such slingers were capable of hurling a projectile at over 100 miles an hour, and their effective range was well in excess of 100 yards. 100 miles an hour, more than 100 yards. Okay? And they were accurate. I read in another spot that as time progressed, they actually molded slingshot stones. And the Romans even had slingshot stones with a hole through the middle so it would make a noise and be more scary. They were a weapon. So David knew how to use a weapon. They didn't have guns back then. They had slingshots. And their slingshots were not the rubber band kind. They were two pieces of leather with a pouch at the end and They'd go like this, and at the right spot, they let go of one end, and the stone would fly. Has anybody ever tried using a slingshot like that? No. I grew up on a farm. We tried everything. 
I uh, can't tell you some of the things we tried. But anyhow, that, it works well, but if you're going to learn to use it, make sure nobody's around, like anywhere, because it goes wherever when you first try it. You know, I'm going to let go of it now. Boom! You know, it's, it's fun. Okay, who used the rubber band kind of slingshot before? Oh, good. I was getting worried. Lots of people use that one. Okay. Well, David's was not that kind. It was the longer kind. They have more power, and they, you can go a lot faster with it because it has to do with the whipping action of the arm and the leather. So that's why it could kill a lion. Okay, we're moving on. David used the weapon of the day, which was not a gun because they didn't have them. It was a slingshot. But he did it different. He did it the way God had showed him to do, the way he trusted, and the results were unbelievable. So young people and older people alike, I want to say to you today, doing it different is all right. If we're doing something the same old way because that's the way we used to do it, sometimes we need to be shaken up a little and do it different. Because if you're doing something the exact same way and getting no different results, then you've got to do something different. And sometimes God purposely will come and say, I want you to do it different. But different is okay when God's leading it. And can I say to you who are a little bit older, don't be afraid of different. You know what? Some of the things you were doing were different when you started doing them. Some of the church stuff that you are like, whoa, we're into it. The older people, when you started that, would have been, oh, we didn't do it that way. Why not? Because it's a different season and there's different people to be reached. Sometimes it's different because you're in a different culture. And sometimes it's different because God says, I'm going to do a new thing. And he's allowed to do that. God speaks new things sometimes to new people. If the older people are unwilling to listen to anything new, then he's going to speak something new to somebody new. I have some good news for you. We're okay with that. God's spoken something to you. God's showing you something. Talk to us. We'll see how we can get you involved. I think there's some Davids in this house. I'm going to say some young people because I believe there's young ladies as well. Young people with courage. Young people that are not afraid. David refused to be afraid. You see, David changed his world by stepping out when he was young. He changed his world by doing it different. He changed his world by refusing to be afraid. Young people, you want to step up and go for God? The enemy will try to stop you dead in your tracks with fear. You see, if you've got God on your side, he can't actually stop you. But if he can make you afraid so you stop, then that's how he plays the game. You see, Goliath walked out when David was coming and said, Who is this? You're sending a boy to fight me? And all he's got is a stick and some rocks? And this giant billows out of him, I'm going to take you and I am going to cut you up and feed you to the birds. Bears and lions don't yell at you, by the way. This was a whole new thing for David. But he refused to be afraid. He refused to be afraid because he knew his God. And he looked that giant right back and he said, you can talk big, but I am coming to you in the name of the Lord, God of Israel. And this day, you're going to know the God I serve. He didn't say you're going to know I'm a big tough guy. You're going to know the God I serve. And you might be yelling at me. You're going to 
carve me up, but I got some bad news for you, Goliath. You're going down, and so is your entire army. Woo! Oh, my goodness. That's courage. That's faith. He declared it before it happened. I told you last message, God doesn't do anything except he first declares it. He declared it through David, and it happened. Are you willing to speak the impossible when God says speak it? Are you willing to run when God says run? Because David shouted right back at him, you're going down, your entire army's going down, and they're going to glorify God. There is one God, Jehovah God. And it said that he ran toward Goliath. Oh my goodness. People of courage that aren't afraid when the enemy tries to stop them, instead they run toward it. And he ran toward it while he's putting in a stone. And he toppled that giant. And then he took the giant's sword, chopped up his head, and the rest of the armies of Israel went, let's go, and they defeated the Philistines. See, David changed his world by taking courage and stepping out. But the most amazing thing about it, an entire army rose up because of his courage and took the same kind of courage. Yeah. You see, that's the reason we need our young generation. That's the reason we need you and you and you. Your courage will spread throughout the entire church. Your energy, your passion. Please don't sit and do nothing. David refused to be afraid. And finally, David changed his world by waiting and growing in humility even when it seemed everything was against him. See, David was a young man, about 15. He kills that giant. Now they take him back to be part of the army. Saul's not going to let him leave the house now because he needs this guy. Every time David goes, the enemy's defeated. But as they're coming back from victories, it said that the women in the streets began singing and praising, Woo, this is awesome. And they were singing, Saul has slain his thousands. Woo-hoo. David slain 10,000. Woo-hoo. And Saul's like, what? What a stupid song. I don't know if that's how they sung, but you know, maybe it was more. Anyways, it was the women. I don't want to get too carried away here. You get the point. They were, they were thanking God, but Saul was like, what? I only get thousands but the guy was probably staying home. And David had anointing. Saul got jealous rather than realizing there's somebody he could have raised up. For all of us, middle-aged, older, all of us pastors know we're here to raise people up. Do you know that? There's not one of us pastors here trying to make our name famous. We're here to equip and raise others up. God can use us however he wants, but we definitely want to raise people up. I want to see this church fired up. People doing what God's called them. David was humble. David continued to trust God. Yet, how sad it is that when the enemies of God and the enemies of God's people came against him, it was ugly. That giant wanted to kill him. That was horrible. But suddenly, David is running for his life, and it's not from an enemy. It's from one of God's own. It is the saddest thing I've ever seen, 
to see church people attacking other church people. Older Christians running down younger Christians rather than pulling them up. It should not be. And Saul tried to kill David multiple times until he was hiding in a cave running for his life. God used every one of those moments to prepare and raise up David because the day was coming when he would be the king of all Israel. But God can raise up people without one of his own trying to destroy them. Do you hear me? If you ever find yourself criticizing or running down other Christians, especially younger people, you stop. God didn't call you to run anybody down. God called you to build people up. If they're getting a little off track, then you go build them up. You go encourage them. You go show them a little bit and then learn yourself while you watch. But don't you dare snuff out their courage. Don't you dare put out their fire. You stoke that fire. You encourage. You raise up. Because God's got some Davids and some Davidettes in here. 